to episode 7 of I Can Ship It. We're your host, I'm Annette. And I'm Ashley. Today we're going to talk about our favorite crack ships. Now, a crack ship is a non-canon pairing. Or that's what Ash and I like to call it. And um, we were just, you know, talking our normal bullshit one day and decided that we enjoyed the pairings that, you know, maybe nobody else would like. Or if they did like it, we're probably never going to see them in the canon universe. Um, but we like it. So we thought some of you might be interested in it and wanted to share a few of ours with you. Yeah, I mean, this this whole episode kind of came out of random conversations over the course of our relationship of, like, knowing each other and even, you know, Klexicon talk. You know, this is it's such a cool, like, concept. I love when you can take characters that you know good and damn well, like, they're never going to put together, but in your heart of hearts, in the back of your mind, you're, like, hoping that you're wrong and they like totally surprise you you know hey unfortunately the world we live in that's not always the case but we dig it we want to talk about it so we're gonna and it's our show we do what we want so and that hit them with your first one well uh first one i'm gonna start with here is actually pretty much how this episode was born and it is the pairing of one nissa agul uh, who is in the arrowverse was on Arrow. Uh, she was the head of League of Assassins and also the girlfriend, lover of one Miss Sarah Lance. And the other in this ship is Ava Sharp, also in the Arrowverse on um, Legends of Tomorrow, and who is also the current girlfriend and lover of one Miss Sarah Lance. Now, honestly, this thing came out of Clexicon 2019. And it was because of the way Jess McAllen, who plays uh, Ava Sharp, and then Katrina Law, who is Nyssa, the two actresses together, their chemistry is just fun. Like, it is a trip. Um, and we'd seen a little bit of this on Twitter. Like, they're back and forth. Anytime something would pop up with Sarah, you know, Katrina would, you know, pop off something about Nyssa and that being her girl or her beloved or Jess would come back at her and she's like, look, that's my woman. You know, so they just had fun. And you can see when two people are having fun together. So you kind of want to see more of that. And yeah. then at Klexicon, we were standing there uh, in line to meet Jess. And they've got Jess and Katrina right next to each other. So this is just like the perfect pairing. And Katrina is sitting there signing autographs, you know, meeting fans or whatever. Jess walks in and I mean... Everybody in that hall that was meeting these two women was waiting on an interaction. That's what was going down. Oh, and yeah. Oh, as yeah. Soon, yeah. As soon as Jess hit that curtain, she was like, oh, my God, I can't believe they put me next to you. You know, takes off her jacket. They kind of both, you know, square up, back away from each other. And we're eating it up. I mean, there was video cameras. There was, you know, iPhones. Everything was out. People wanted to catch this content. And, you know, as they're moving in, then they just get together and hug it out. Because these two women just love what they do. They like being there. They like interacting with the fans. They enjoy the, you know, the comparisons. Because here's the thing. I, you know, if I have to pick a Sarah pairing, I like Ava and Sarah. Where Ashley here, you know, she really enjoys Nyssa and Sarah. But I don't like, dislike any of them. And you know what? We're all adults here. So let's just have fun with it. You can't yeah. see right now, but I was totally shaking my head as you said that you like... I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Sarah and Ava, too. I do. I, I think it's a great pairing. But I am hardcore Nisara. I just am. I, oh, my God. I just loved it. The story... And there was so much they could have done with the story, too. Like, oh, my God. It's just... It's just great. But, you know, to each their own. To each her own. I, I, I like both of them. Yeah, for sure. But the... The crackship of Sarah and Ava, or excuse me, of uh, Ava and Nissa, you know, sharp assassin. I, I yeah. totally ship it. I can get behind it. We had this conversation. Literally, we're standing in line. We were talking about it and we were like, you know, this would actually be a pretty cool ship idea. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, you heard it here first. Okay. We literally had this conversation mm -hmm. in line after this interaction that went down. So before anybody else, you know, at least on the <laughs> internet, came up with this idea, 
we were we did it first okay mm-hmm. so we're reclaiming that title we did it first um hey maybe there's some fan fiction out there we haven't found i don't really don't know yeah, but i've not found as, it i've looked yeah, for as, it. yeah as far as our knowledge is concerned we were the first ones to talk about it so and it was it was just it is it's just fun you know and there's no real hate like i know there's some haters out there that are like no one belongs to the other blah 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 blah, blah you know whatever yeah. and if you don't know who you don't know who sarah lance is like first of all kudos to ava to get her to sit down somewhere because <laughs> this chick is everywhere so okay she's actually achieved something that even nissa couldn't get barring the fact that there was whole other other issues to that and how Ava Lance, you know, they finally, Sarah's on Legends of Tomorrow, and they've actually given her a stable relationship. Because before, Sarah was a player, man. She was a lovable weevil type of gal, let me tell you. Here's the thing. The confidence that Sarah Lance has, again, you want to talk about, like, barring, not the, not the sleeping around aspect, that's just not me. But mm-hmm. the, if I could have the, the confidence she exudes when it comes to trying to to do something like that is like bro man <laughs> i could have that confidence oh my god like you think nicole hot has swagger y'all ain't never seen no, nothing ain't seen Sarah Lance. Lance. like that is that is a that is a freaking conference on uh how to how to get people 101 let's like that's that's sarah lance in a nutshell but you know it's it is it's fun and like that's the good thing about crack shit a lot of them are fun it i think Annette has the most fun one out of, I think, out of everyone on our list. I think she has the most fun um, with that pairing because it's so outlandish. It is. But, like, in your heart of hearts, you're like, dude, this actually could work. Yeah, Ava Lance is where uh, Katie Lotz, who plays Sarah Lance, in case you don't know, Katie and then um, Jess McCallan, who, again, is Ava, they're sitting there discussing, and all at once, here... You know, Katrina Law barrels in with a homemade shirt which says Nasara forever with a rainbow flag tied around her like a cape on which, by the way, now Ashley and I had a homemade shirt in our arsenal for a photo op the next day, but we were like, Mm-mm, we cannot. We had our arts and crafts session beforehand, but and you talk about eating it up, that entire crowd ate it up and we were dying. But I mean, it was funny to see because finally we saw all three of these women together. So you've got Katie Locke, you've got uh, Jess McCallum, and then there's Katrina Law. And you see all three of them. All three of them are having a ball together. So, you know, yeah, it just, it made our day. And then we all started taking bets on the fact that Jess was going to be crashing the Nassara panel the next day. And we were right, Mm -hmm. were we not? We were absolutely right. Yeah, we were right. So our homemade shirt that we had... We came up with this idea, and we were walking around the artist alley, and um, I initially bought my shirt first, mm-hmm. and I was like, dude, Annette, you should go get one, and we should wear them, and then she went and got one, and then I was thinking about it, I was like, dude, what if I got some, like, tape, because there was no Nissa. Yeah, um, these were Avalanche shirts we had, by the yeah, way. And, and really cool shirts, beyondclexa.com, like, they have some of the, like, most awesome t-shirts. I bought two t-shirts from them. And my Erper shirt is amazing. God, and then my Avalanche shirt. shirt is really cool. Yeah, it's super cool. Like, uh, did you get the I'm a Erper one? The one no, they were sold one? out when I went over there. Uh, yeah, and I got the, I haven't, the They're not back in stock on the website yet, but I keep watching. Yeah, yeah I got the one that looks like uh, the Dr. Pepper mm-hmm. one. And it's, it's awesome. And it's super comfortable, too. Like, it's really soft. Like, it's great cotton. But anyway, um, beyondclexa.com, y'all. Super, super, super good. Cool, cool stuff. Great price. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so Annette got her shirt. As she came back from getting this shirt, I was standing there talking to a mutual friend of ours about it. And then I was like, you guys, what if I got some tape? Because they didn't have any Nisara t-shirts or really in Nisara a lot of anything. So, and I went looking. Like, I, we went up and you down did. the aisle like crazy. <laughs> I was trying to find something. I mean, we were walking them down those aisles, up and down, up and down, up and down. And this is prior to any panels, by the way. Yeah. So when we were, and we're scrambling too, because we, you know, we had, we knew the Nissa panel was, the Nassara panel was at like nine. It was like the first panel of the day, the next day. So I was like, there's no way I was going to be able to and try we, to run it. We had our, something. yeah, we had our photo. Oh yeah. We had our, our with photo. The we had a lot. <laughs> yeah. We're standing around and Annette comes back with her shirt and I'm like, dude, what if I got some tape 
and taped out Avalanche and wrote Nasara over the tape. So that way I have a Nasara t-shirt when we go do our photo op, you know, tomorrow. And Annette's like, holy shit, that is awesome. And our friend, um, Natalie, like, she was like, guys, that, that is pretty great. And we're like, okay, it, it's, it's done. <laughs> this is what we're going to do. So then we go on an excursion <laughs> looking for tape. It was like, like a scavenger hunt yeah. trying to find. Looking for tape and looking for markers. This. Yeah, looking for tape and looking for markers so we can get this thing done. And like, so we're sitting on the floor before the Avalanche panel. Like we found a little corner and I, here I am doing arts and crafts and like, Annette's like, dude, I'm taking photographic evidence of this because you know people are going to copy us once we do it. And I was like, I know. I was like, don't put anything on social media so nobody gets the same idea. Like, this is gold, right? So we're sitting in the panel and, you know, somebody would ask a question and and it, it did open up the door for her to come out and do her thing. And, and it was great. Like, but we were like, all right, we know good and well she's going to, you know, Jess is going to respond. It's like shots fired, right? Yeah. So Jess was coming out the next day. It had to yeah. happen. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it was totally going to happen. And and what's crazy, too, is, like, because the panel was so early, a lot of people, I think a lot of people thought that it probably wasn't going to happen because it was pretty early, especially because if you... Jess been, was signing autographs at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so nobody thought that it was going to happen. It was so early. Um, so, you know, you didn't really expect it, but you kind of did, and she didn't disappoint, and the lady asked a stupid question. <laughs> Sorry, we're gonna, we're gonna segue for a second, okay? This when is why go... we don't like fan questions at panels. Exactly. Like, okay, here's the thing. You know, I get people, you know, travel across the world to see these people, and they have questions and everything like that, that normally won't get answered, you know, on Twitter or, or Instagram, whatever. So, I, I, I get it. Like, I get wanting to ask a question, and you know what? I would say out of the 15 questions that were asked, there was only one stupid question, and that was this lady. But here's my thing. Now, if you go to a panel, ask somebody before you go up there and ask your question to make sure it's not ridiculous yeah, or you need to screen it. Let somebody screen exactly. that thing. Screen that shit before you decide to open your mouth and embarrass yourself. Because here's the thing. This lady, it was, it was an older woman, you know, I hate to speak ill of the elderly, but I'm going to do it. This woman, you know, older woman, she's there with either her daughter or her granddaughter, I don't know, some form of relationship. And now, you know she's not a fan, at least not the way most people in there are. Yeah, and so, she's not a, definitely not a Nissa fan, we find out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Just stupid. So you don't, you, when you go with somebody, you know, and you're, they're going to like, for example, if Annette would have been like, mind you, I trust her way more than I do anybody else. I would probably go to this thing with. <laughs> You'd be but, like, girl, just go like, ask your shit. Exactly. Because it's probably something that I'm thinking of too. And I know you wouldn't be inappropriate, but if Annette, if I knew Annette had a tendency to ask like stupid shit or had, you know, a, a, didn't have a filter. I would be like, hey, what are you about to go ask? Because you're not going to embarrass me going up there and acting a fool. Like, it's not going to happen. Especially if you were related to me. Like, this woman is related to this other woman. And I'm like, you just let your mama go up there and ask the stupidest questions. Like, we were going so good. I mean, these questions, they were yeah, like, they, they were, were in depth. Like, these were some really good questions. And then you won't go let your mama go up there and say something just incredibly stupid. But, like, other than that, like, y'all, if you go to a con, please. Please, please, please screen your questions. If you decide you want to go up and ask a question, like if you go by yourself, ask your friend before you go to the con to make sure it's not. Because, you know, if you have somebody else listen to what you say, they'll tell you, especially if it's a good mm -hmm. friend. They're going to tell you, dude, that's bullshit. Don't ask that. You know, so do that. Please do us all a favor. Do that because it's just ugh. and then especially to like this could be a whole nother episode but i digress sorry you know we, we like to go off on our random tangents here and that's one of them but anyway um but it was a lot of fun and then um you know we go take our picture that day and we're, we've been stoked about this shirt for like 24 hours what? like Wait we are so let's back up let's back up before we get into the photo op because another moment that supports our ship idea because of their interaction is when jess crashed the nasar panel like, she comes in, she's holding the Death by Avalanche sign in front of Katrina's face, shimmying across the stage. She jerks off the hoodie, because she has this hoodie covering her face. Of course, we all knew who it was. But then she just kind of flits off. 
And then we're everybody's cackling and loving it. And Katie goes, um, did y'all, did y'all realize she didn't even say hi to me? She goes, y'all, I feel yeah. like I'm just a piece of meat for these two to fight over. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh my God. Like, yeah. it's just so it's fun, like, you guys. It's just there because these, these two and these three women, cause hey, I'm all about love is love. If they want, if the three want to hook it up, I'm okay with it. But well, that's a whole other subject. So anyway, yeah. back into our photo op, Ash. Take it away. Yeah. So we, you know, we we've, we've gotten in all the panels and everything, and it's time for our photo op. And like I said, we've been so excited about this freaking photo, like our T-shirt and like our idea, right? Because everybody, when you do a group photo, like you you try to do something fun, you know. So you know, we're super stoked about it. So we like go upstairs. And like I had on, I mean, I had on some other kind of t-shirt because I didn't wear it. Like I had it in my, I carried it in my backpack all day because I think our Mm -hmm. photo was at like one o'clock or something like that. Yeah, it was afternoon. Yeah. So I had this t-shirt in my bag all day, right? It's like burning a hole in my backpack. And we go upstairs to to go get in line and I just whip off the shirt I had. I had a shirt underneath, but I like whip my shirt off, change shirts real quick. And we go to our line and the tape I have, like our shirt is blue and white, like dark blue and white. The tape I have is bright orange. So you can't miss it. Oh, right? it's fluorescent, girl. Like You ain't missing it. And it's huge. You're not missing it's like thing, yeah. four strips across. Yeah, it's huge. Right. And I made sure to do the lettering like real nice. And like, I mean, it turned out super well considering how fast we did this thing. And so we go and it's finally time for our photo. And as we're, well, as we're standing in line, people are like reading our shirts and they're like, that's awesome. So we have so many compliments on our tape. We go in for <laughs> the photo, right? And they're like, what are we going to do? You know, and so both Jess and Katrina see our shirts. And so Annette's like, yo, because like, how about, you know, Jess hug me, Katrina hug Ashley, and we'll just have Sarah in the middle, just kind of shrugging like, what the like, hell? What the hell's you happening? Know? Yeah. And Katrina, so we're like getting set up, right? Katrina's like, oh no, you're, we're going to the front. So she grabs me and like we go to the crouch down in the front and we're pointing at my shirt. And then you got Sarah in the background shrugging her shoulders. You got Jess, you know, pointing at the Ava Lance shirt. And that's our photo. We had one of the best photos of the con. We, we like, will post this photo. We're highly it, proud of it. Oh my God. We're so proud of this freaking photo. And even Katrina and Jessler did this photo. Is This is freaking awesome. I mean, it was just, it was so great. And they were so cool about it too. We could talk about this one forever. And the thing is like, yeah, in the context of the show, Nissa and Ava have never met at oh. all. And, you know, there would straight up be some jealousy because, you know, Ava is not about um, sharing her woman. Like she gets jealous over Constantine who is that's a whole other story but um it yeah just the 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 possibilities that could happen with this are just infinite and it would just be such a joyous fun ride i do believe yeah oh yeah i mean it's just it's it's great y'all we literally could we could talk about this all day long but we have more more wonderful things to go over with you today so um we'll just go into my first one so my first one is captain marvel and valkyrie now, oh. this <laughs> this whole one started, Endgame was coming out, and we all knew that, um, we found out Valkyrie was going to be in Endgame, and we obviously knew Captain Marvel was going to be in Endgame. So, um, people started talking about, hey, what if Carol met Valkyrie? And, you know, Valkyrie is canonly bisexual, so, hey, what if they hook up? And then the internet just lost it. And see, what made it even more, like holy shit is the fact that the actresses brie larson and tessa thompson they were even like huh that's actually not bad and then they started feeding (laughs) into it they're posting stuff on each other's instagrams about each other and like i love you boo and fan art of the two of them and i mean just oh my god it's awesome and um it's just it it's just fun because like you have like such a strong character in carol Carol Danvers, aka Captain Marvel, and Tessa Thompson, who plays Valkyrie. And Valkyrie, if you've seen Thor Ragnarok, Valkyrie is a badass. Mm. And then if you've seen Endgame, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Endgame, I'm sorry, but it's been like a month, so hey, whatever. I don't Yeah, what bad. are you doing with life? Yeah. But Valkyrie and I mean both of them are amazing in Endgame. But Valkyrie comes in on a freaking Pegasus and is just cutting fools down left and right. 
you know, giving Spider-Man a ride. And she's just, she's just awesome. Valkyrie is amazing. And I love the fact, too, they made Valkyrie a black woman. Valkyrie in the comics is not black. So that was another, that was a bonus point for me. But um, apparently, you know, Carol, Carol likes them black ones. I'm just saying. I mean, look at Maria. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> like, hey. Hello. Hey. Hello. You know, so. We know um, they were together. Oh, totally. Totally together. But, like, Captain Marvel, she, and, you know, Captain Marvel is, is the strongest Avenger. Like, let's, let's call it. She, you know, Hulk, all right. Mm-hmm. Thor, okay. But Carol Danvers, this bitch came in to Endgame. All right. She, she's so powerful, y'all, that they couldn't have her come in and save the day, even though she totally could have. Like, she popped in and out of this movie, the entire movie. And then the very last yeah. scene, you know, the big fight scene, that's when she, you know, she, this bitch comes in and takes out an entire ship. The ship is the length of freaking Texas. And she just comes in, <laughs> flies through it, blows that bitch up like it's nothing. And, you know, then she's like, she's having a fist fight with Thanos. Thanos has been kicking the ass of Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, it's not that difficult, but Iron Man. So the big three, not to mention, he kicked the shit out of Hulk. So basically, the strongest Avengers, you know, barring Scarlet Witch, who that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother animal right there. Oh I mean, my we could have a whole discussion Witch. on Marvel. We can have a whole discussion on how badass the, the women of Marvel are, which that might be an episode. Write that down. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you know, she kicks the ass, or excuse me, Thanos kicks the ass of the four strongest Avengers, barring Scarlet Witch. And he is losing. When he starts fighting Captain Amer- Captain Marvel, he starts losing. And I love that they recognize that this movie would have been over the first 10 minutes had had Captain Marvel been actually able to do what she wanted to do because she's that strong. Right. Uh, Valkyrie, you know, Valkyrie in Thor Ragnarok, like, she spends most of it drunk, which is hilarious, but when she finally, you know, steps into her role and, and starts, you know, helping Thor, you know, fight Hela and all that stuff, she's badass, too. I mean, these two badass female characters, just, just do it. Marvel, just do it. Just put them together. Like, it would be amazing. And so many people would eat up that shit. Like, oh, just, oh. I mean, so, you know, Captain Marvel's been frolicking throughout the galaxy. Hey, we can make this happen. Okay? Guardians of the Galaxy coming up. Yeah, Captain America 2 that's coming up. Like, just just throw her in there. Like, You mean Captain I mean, Marvel 2? Captain Marvel, excuse me. Captain Marvel's coming up. Captain Marvel 2's coming up. So, I mean... She make maybe Captain Marvel makes a left turn at New Asgard, decides to hang out for a bit. We don't know. Where I mean, Valkyrie is now king. Not queen. Exactly. She's king. Exactly. You talk about coming up in your story. Holy shit. She went from being a foot soldier <laughs> to being mm-hmm. to being king. Come on, y'all. Let's make this happen. The internet is already doing its thing, but let's let's make this a reality. I, and I'm pretty sure Annette has the exact same feeling, but, you know, I'll let her tell you about that. Oh, 100%. And come on, let's face it, Marvel, it's time to give us something gay. I mean, because your throwaway character in Endgame that we don't know a name right. just because he had a date with a dude, that shit don't right. count. It does no, not it count. Can't. Nope. Um, yeah, I do. I love, like you said, and it, it goes because we know that Brie and Tessa both really support this. And it's not a thing, because I know some people think, oh, it's queer baiting. It's not. Like, these two women are friends in real life. They love the idea of it. And they're like, you know what? This shit is fun. And, you know, they see, you know, everybody that is creating, the women that's creating, the queer women that's creating, because they get behind that. And it's so supportive of what we want as fans that, you know, I read an article just yesterday. This shit may actually happen. Yeah, like, I did. It, you know, article. one of the writers, yeah, they were like, um we're paying attention we're like okay if you're paying attention give it to us don't give us a throwaway scene we want to see these two badass women and i mean here's the deal we know it's not going to be you know long walks on the beach roses rolling in but we don't care it's just because it's these two very strong women very independent women and you know what they need to have a little fun and some love too well here's the thing i mean and and there's so many ways that they can do it too like because, like I said, you have, you know, she's king of Asgard or whatever right now. Thor went off to do Guardians 3. So there's your bridge mm-hmm. right there. 
you know, because Captain Marvel is everywhere. So, like, there's your bridge as far as, like, getting these two together, right? Maybe maybe Captain Marvel goes to look for Thor for something and goes to New Asgard. Who knows? You know, that that's something you can do. If you want to go ahead and, and hook up Captain Marvel and Valkyrie, totally do it. I am 100% behind it, and I would love to see it on screen. Hit it with your number three. Girl, I'm only on number two. Or two. My bad. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> it's alright. It's number three overall, but two. Uh, for me, this is one of those that th- this has no possibility of ever happening, okay? At all. Because we have Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel, who is in... Now, let me tell you something. These two women, these two characters, have been my everything for years. Like, I grew up watching the original Wonder Woman. Um, I'm not going to lie, I didn't get into the Wonder Woman comics until we finally were going to get a Wonder Woman movie. And Wonder Woman is canonically bisexual in the new comics, and I'm very happy about that. Um, but she's you know, with Batwoman, right? Um, she's hooked up with several. <laughs> she's <laughs> it's not just been one, okay? No. Um, okay. Do you, but, Diana? Yeah. Do you? Yeah, girl, it's it's a good series. I've got some I'll have to send you. I haven't read them in a while, but I have to send them to you. Okay. But for the most part, I'll probably stick with the movies because I love the movies and when i say i love the movies i saw wonder woman in the theater eight times eight okay people what was i doing with my life all right and then captain marvel comes along and i'm not gonna be honest with you i know more about dc than i do marvel just because for some reason i guess that's what i grew up watching super friends was on when i was a kid um then you know captain marvel comes along and you know i'm checking it out watching all the behind the scenes brie larson you know as the lead up to this movie because i knew i'm like it's a female superhero. I'm sold already. Like, this is all I need to know. And then I see the movie. Y'all, I didn't make it eight, but there was four times for me seeing Captain Marvel. And I tried to squeeze one more in there, but it just didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> and the, 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 the thing about it is the dynamic of the two, because, you know, Wonder Woman, who is an Amazon, and she's from, you know, Paradise Island, Arthemascara, as you know, it is actually known. She's brought up in this whole legion of women warriors that is just, that's badass to begin with. You know, like mm-hmm. she is the one, like she's a god. She literally is. She's a god. She is the daughter of Zeus, okay? So, okay. So then we have Captain Marvel, who, you know, Captain Marvel is a human, but Captain Marvel has been held down all her life. Um, she had to fight to get anywhere she was. You know, even as a kid, like, she didn't have great parents. You know, when she joins the Air Force, you know, everybody belittles her because she's a woman. And, but she always does the right thing that does the most good. And that's something that is very much Wonder Woman. Like, they very much take on the um, burden of caring for other people, even when they've not always been great to them. I feel like it would be a fun dynamic. And, you know, when, when these... When Captain Marvel comes out, the whole battle started happening on Twitter, online, Tumblr, whatever. They're like, okay, but who would win between Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel? Like, people do not want to let these two women exist together. And I'm like, what the hell's wrong with you? Like, first of all, and there was a Marvel writer and a DC writer, like, you're kidding me, said these two would be friends. Mm -hmm. And for me, I was like, actually, these two could be lovers, in my opinion. But I would be (laughs) fine. I would be fine in a bro TP sense, you know. You know, Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman. Let's think about this, Ashley. How amazing would it be to see two of two, the two strongest women together in a relationship, supporting each other, not worrying about what the hell men say? Let's think about it. This is really what got me going, because I'm not going to lie. Like, I saw Captain Marvel the first time I came in and watched Wonder Woman on DVD straight up. And with Captain Marvel, there's a scene where, you know, Captain Marvel, she's landed on Earth in the 90s, crashes through Blockbuster. She's trying to figure out how to communicate. She's trying to figure out what's all of these memories that are fuzzing up her mind. And she's got a map. She goes and she's still in her, you know, Kree Star Force suit here. And while she's standing there reading this map, this, you know, jackass pulls up on a motorcycle. And he's like, hey, honey, you know, can you give me a smile? Girl, first of all, that's the first thing to say to Captain Marvel. But yeah. it is a true depiction of the female experience of people always telling us to smile. Oh, yeah. So she's been here, you know, on Earth for less than, you know, maybe two hours. And she's already like, fuck this shit. I ain't dealing with this. So she just grabs him and, you know, 
tells him she's going to let him keep his hand or whatever, but forces him to the ground. And then um, she takes his jacket and she gets her a change of clothes off a mannequin. And then she peels out on his motorcycle. She took, she steals his damn motorcycle. It's amazing. And I'm like, you know what? These two women together would be a force of nature. So, yeah. This is, come on. I know you've seen both of them. I know you're in the same spot I am. Help me out here. Well, I just, I thought about something you said, like, the whole smile thing, like, that's so true. Because, like, I remember one time, I went, I, this was, like, five-something in the morning. Like, I have to be at work at six in the morning. I had to go get gas, right? And I'm, you know, mm-hmm. minding my own business. And this guy, you know, he comes up and he, he pulls up into the stall, like, the, the thing on the other side of mine. And uh, he, you know, he's like, good morning. And, you know, I I essentially grew up in the South. So anytime somebody speaks to you, you speak back. Like, that's just polite, right? Right. So I'm like, oh, you know, good morning. And I go back to doing what I was doing, you know, because I'm, I'm focusing on getting this gas so I can go to work, right? And I didn't smile or anything. I just said good morning, you know. Like, I, I didn't have a, you know, a fuck-off look or anything. I just, it, it's five-something in the morning. Like, give me a break, you know. And this fool proceeds to say, oh, come on. It's such a beautiful morning. Give us a smile. I'm like, I, like, stop. Like, I stopped pumping the gas. Like, I, I mean, literally just, all, like, kind of looked hell at gives him. him the and right? I was like. Exactly. I was like, like, I'm sorry. I don't know you. Like, just because I said good morning, like, that's the polite thing to do. When somebody speaks to you, you speak back. That's how I was raised. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's it. That's the extent of the conversation is good morning. And I don't live in the South anymore. So usually after that, people stop talking and go back to doing what they're doing. So that threw me for a loop anyway, because you're still talking to me. And I'm like, why? Why are you still talking to me? I said good morning mm-hmm. back. That's the end of our conversation. I'm about to get in my car and leave, and I'm never going to see you again. So why are you talking to me? But and the next thing that comes out of your mouth is give us a smile. Like what? Why and is it's it? So it happens every day to so many of us. And I know that we're going on a tangent, getting off topic here. But the thing is, why do why do men people? I mean, I've been told usually it's men. I can't think of being ever told by a woman. Yeah. Like give me a smile. Where's that smile? And you're like, well, I don't want to give you one, you know? And if you if you don't smile, then you're that bitch. And you know what? I'm okay being that bitch. Yeah. Like, wh- but my thing is, like, why? Why is it that you feel it's necessary for me to please you? I don't know you. You don't there know you go. me. Like, we have no relationship at all. So why do you feel it's necessary for me to appease you when we have we have no connection, no nothing? It's it's five something in the morning, okay? If that isn't enough, okay, to say, I understand why you're not smiling, because it's five fucking thirty in the morning. You'd be a freak if you're smiling at five fucking thirty in the morning. Like, that's weird. But, you know, Look, so you have that you know, aspect. I go, I go to the gym at five in the morning, and trust me, don't speak to me until I'm done and had a shower. That's how I operate. Like, I'm not, I don't, honestly, I don't function until about eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Like, I'm still a little mm-hmm. quiet, but it's more acceptable to talk to me at about 8 o'clock just because my brain has now been up and awake for a while. So I'm, you know, actually a functioning human being. But what is that about? Like, I, honestly, if there's any male listeners out there, can you explain to me why is it that some men feel it necessary to to say or to, to have a woman smile at them? Like, you don't go to a dude and say that. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Why don't you give me a smile? Give me a dude. Walk up to a dude and say that. Just, just saying. Why don't you go try that on a dude and see what happens? But anyway, back to our, back to what we were originally talking about. Um, but right. you know, Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman, like Wonder Woman. So Annette, you totally just showed your age because I Super Friends. I used to watch that on tape because my uncle like mm-hmm. bought them or like on Boomerang. Yeah. But, like I never watched it in real time. I'm way too young for that. But um Justice League, the cartoon Justice League, which by far is one of the greatest DC needs to get whoever does their animated films to do their actual real life films and they probably would be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, barring Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's like the only one that actually did well. Yeah. Um God bless you, Patty Jenkins. Yeah. But, you know, Justice League was my first like foray really and truly into Wonder Woman, not the little sissy kind of Wonder Woman from yesteryear, but a strong kind of badass Wonder Woman because she was badass in the now, cartoon. Hang on, just a minute. Hang on. Look, I'm just saying, Linda Carter and Bang. 
Do not okay. take Linda Carter okay. in vain, okay? All right. I'll go ca- cartoon Wonder <laughs> Woman. Because honestly, I've never seen the okay. Linda Carter Wonder Woman. So I, I can't speak on that Let one. Let me but tell you the, something. <laughs> Linda, but the Car- cartoon, Linda Carter, that, that's... Whew. Yeah. But the cartoon, yes. the cartoon um, Wonder Womans, they've always been kind of sucky. I'm sorry. I'm going to offend people with that. But they have been. And then you had Justice League. And Justice League, when she does her arrival in Justice League, like, nobody knows her. She just shows up. Like, there's fighting going on, and she just pops in. Nobody called her, no nothing. She was doing her own thing and saw, oh, crap, I need to go save people, and then jumps in. And then you see she has strength of Superman, and she, you know, just all this, like, cool stuff. And so they mm-hmm. really showed how she really is in, like, the comic books and stuff. And they showed how cool she is. And then, of course, the DC movies that followed, did you ever see Batman versus Superman? Which I oh, know yeah. it's not a great movie. Wait, 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 wait. But, so, yes. But, yes. I know where you're going with this. That, and, yeah. Yes. The introduction of her. Oh, yeah. And the par- the parallels of how, you know, we get our Captain Marvel. You're like, oh, this bitch is now Captain Marvel. I mean, Wonder mm-hmm. Woman shows up. Like, but this is our introduction to her. But, you know, Batman and Superman over here, and they're trying to fight. Oh, hell, what's the villain's name? Uh, Doomsday. Um, Doomsday, yeah. They're trying to fight Doomsday over here. And look, they're getting their asses handed to them. Straight up, asses handed to them. And then all at once, you hear the theme of the Wonder Woman. Like the new, and I mean, you just get that, like, oh my god, here she is. And she yeah. is there in all her glory, with her sword, with her lasso, all of it. She basically, it's like, she just kind of picks the two boys up and is like, let me handle this. Yeah. You know? And she saves their asses. Like, she saves their asses. And yeah. then, you know, we get into now with our Captain Marvel. And, I mean, her, you know, her origin story, her introduction on this and how we kind of see her. She has this fight scene in the movie where, you know, she's always been told that she's a girl. Like, she can't do anything boys can do, whatever. The fight scene where she proceeds to kick all the Kree's asses, mm-hmm. they play fucking just a girl by Gwen Stefani. Like, it is one of my favorite things ever. I mean, sitting in the theater, I was like, oh my god, they did not just use this song. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. The soundtrack, like, from, the soundtrack from Captain Marvel was lit. Like, that, that soundtrack was awesome. Um, yes. I listened to that, that thing at least once a day. Yeah, but like that that one scene, you're right, when they played, I'm just a girl, and she's just kicking everybody's ass. Like, you're just seeing bodies yeah. like flying all over the place, right? But, um, yeah, it's just they, their their parallels are so interesting. They, I mean, their their parallels as far as Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman, like their stories are kind of similar. Um, you know, both been kind of isolated in their own way. Um, and like I said, you know, yeah, I would love to see a romantic pairing, but I would be fine if these were just bros palling around. You know, yeah, that would be perfect for me. Like bro TP, mm-hmm. and if they hooked up, all right, cool, whatever, but. Yeah, you you hook up. I can ship it. Anywho, um, where are we at? Or uh, oh, my number two. So, so I need your number two, girl. What you got? My number two, a classic, is Buffy and Faith. Um, <laughs> and I I'm gonna have to make sure I close the door on this one because I feel like this one's gonna get heated. But Buffy and Faith. Okay. Um, you know, they you know Buffy Vampire Slayer. You know, Buffy was the was the OG. Uh, Slayer, and you know something happens where she dies, she gets resurrected, whatever, and Faith ends up becoming the she's the next in line. Mm-hmm. So this relationship, um, it starts out very rocky. I mean, they're both teenagers, and you know, teenage girls. Whew, it's amazing that women are able to live through the teenage years because Lord Jesus, teenage girls are <laughs> they're a bunch of bitches. Like, let's just call it what it is. Teenage girls could be a bunch of bitches. Okay. Um, we all, we've, we've all, all been, been through there. it, you know, we've all been there. Um, but you know, they are. And so, you know, Buffy is, this is her third, this, this is the third season of Buffy. So she's been the Slayer for a little bit of time. You know, she's, she's kind of, she's not really quite accepted her fate, but she's getting there and she's really accepted it a lot, a lot more than she had the first two previously. She realizes her life is never going to be normal, basically at this point. And um, so she's accepted that part about herself. But then Faith is introduced. And, you know, she sees basically, her, well, at least her family sees an out. And Buffy kind of feels it. But she's she's like, yes, I have help. And I have somebody who understands 
what it means to be a slayer. Um, but when, when Faith is first introduced, you know, she comes in and Buffy's like, well, who the fuck are you? Like, because everybody's so enamored with her and impressed and, you know, because she's got these cool stories and she's tatted and, you know, she's really dark and, you know, fun. And that that's kind of her, you know, her deal. And Buffy's not like that. And so she's new. I mean, anytime you get a new toy, you, you pay more attention to the new toy than you do your old stuff, you know, at least at first. So, and that's kind of what happens. The Scooby's kind of, not necessarily kick her aside, but like, you know, they're so, you know, engrossed and enamored with Faith in all her, her stories and everything that Buffy kind of takes the back burner. But eventually, you know, their relationship progresses and um, because, you know, they find kindred spirits within one another. And there's just all these little like little moments throughout season three up until this episode that just pisses me off. Um, that could be a whole nother episode of I Can Ship It in and of itself. But um, so, you know, Buffy and Faith, you know, they're they're, you know, bantering, they're kicking ass, you know, they're just doing all this stuff and. Um, you know, at, at some point, a rock is thrown into a relationship where there's a watcher that's supposed to come and, and take faith. And she actually turns out to be evil and they end up fighting each other. And this is the first time they've actually, besides like sparring, they've actually thrown down and fought. Like this is a, a full out drag out fight. And you see that it really, truly affects faith. I, to me, I think it affects faith more than it affects Buffy to be honest. Like, I, I feel like that was more of... I would agree. But I, I do. Like, I feel like it affected Faith way more than it affected Buffy because, you know, Buffy has a support system. Faith didn't have anybody, which, again, pisses me off. But anyway, so <laughs> they have this this fight and the relationship from all this buildup that you saw over the course of the season, and you're like, yeah, like, you know, this is something really and truly, you don't really see, like, any type of fireworks or anything really up until they start kind of beefing, I think. And after they have the whole fight, you know, that, that relationship is fractured. You know, they're trying to repair it, but it's just really not working out. And then um Buffy, or excuse me, Faith, they're both patrolling one night and Faith ends up killing a human. It's an accident. I mean, heat of battle. First of all, mm -hmm. poor writing. Okay, you know what? I'm going to get murdered on this, but I'm going to say it. It's poor writing. So you're going to have some random dudes. So you mean to tell me that you see a group of like 10 people fighting and you feel it's necessary to go run into said group and don't expect to get killed or socked in the face? Like what? Like you're gonna, you, you go sneak up on somebody who's in a fight, like fire flight people. Okay. If you sneak up on somebody who's genuinely afraid for their life, good luck. Because who knows what's going to be coming your way. So this guy, his assistant mayor, he, you know, goes to this fight to go talk to Buffy and Faith. And Faith accidentally stakes him because they're in the heat of the battle. And it just, it happened. It was an accident. Like, you clearly see it's an accident. But that, that is the actual fracture. Like, that is it. That's what really breaks them apart. But in retrospect to that, you know, they break apart and, you know, Faith goes evil, which is, again, bullshit. Faith goes evil. And the more interactions they have, the more it's like, all right, is anybody else kind of seeing, you know, these these little little fireworks, um, little sparks of of flirtation and different things? Um, and then they have like the big drag out fight. And spoiler alert: Buffy stabs and she she thinks she kills Faith. Faith goes into a coma, um, wakes up. And again, they have more and more and, you know, they're getting older so that they can do the, you know, the writers and everybody can do a little bit more. So it doesn't stop pervy, you know, so mm -hmm. as like they're getting older, Good you know, point. they, yeah, they have these more, these more and more of these moments. And you're just like, yo, that's that's kind of hot. And then they become adults in the, the final season and they have even more, you know, these I mean, it's just little things. And like, you don't necessarily have to read between the lines to kind of get the crack ship, but. Um, there's a lot there and I think most of it is, you know, the, the Slayer bond or whatever, but that was like one of the first, I think it's probably one of the first ships that I read fan fiction on. I, I would say, yeah, actually, yes, it is one of the first ones I read. I still read it. Um, I read fan fiction on, and there's so much out there, like, and so many people saw it. So it wasn't like, it's not just you. Like there was just, there's thousands, thousands, of thousands, thousands, thousands of pages of fan fiction for these two and it's so good like some of the stuff is better than some of the episodes like again i might get murdered on that i don't care but it's true 
like some of the stories I've read, I'm just like, dude, that would have been an awesome episode or, hey, it'd be a great comic book. Like, um, cause then like in the comic books, Buffy, uh, ends up in a relationship with some chick and I'm like, so y'all brought in a whole nother Slayer to hook up with Buffy and y'all couldn't hook her up with Faith. She'd been sitting there the whole time. Like, are you kidding me? Like, come on. It's bullshit. In my Girl, opinion. I, I get it. Like it's, it's been a lot of years since I've watched Buffy. I know. Um, I do want to do like a complete rewatch because I watched this shit in real time. And I, but I do remember Fuffy straight up. I, I mean, I know it's not the best ship name, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know even today, like there's definitely uh, a lot of conversations that still happen around why did Buffy and Faith hook up. Well, I think you know a lot of it had to do with the time and the show that it was on. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. we have to remember that this was, you know. The 90s. Early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. 90s or late 90s, early 2000s. I mean, come on. We, we bear, we barely got Tara and Willow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that was so, poor yeah. Um, uh, it doesn't mean it's okay, but yeah, I have read some of the fan fiction and I will agree that the fan fiction is way better than the episodes I can remember, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. just because and it, it does, because it plays to what I wanted to see. And I know that's the same for you. Um, and it's the same for a lot of people, but no, I, 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 that's the solid pick there. Like that's, yeah, it should have been canon and it's not. So it's got to live on in our crack ship mind. If you look at how their relationship was in the show and why Faith kind of did some of the stuff she did, I personally think she was crushing and didn't know how to deal with it. I mean, everybody seemed, everybody seemed to love Buffy, like actually love her, not love her in the sense of a friend, but so it fit, you know? And I just, I mean, that, like I said, that's an OG one. That's an OG crack ship. You know, if you're under, I'd probably say if you're under the age of like 25, you probably, if you, I mean, unless you're a sci-fi head or like you're really into a lot of, you know, strong female characters, you wouldn't know about Buffy. Like Buffy's been off the air right. for God, what? Fifth, no, almost 20 years. It's been off the air almost 20 years. Almost 20 years. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been off the air almost as long as you've been alive. So, you know, so you may not know. So definitely go back and check it out. Hulu. It's on Hulu. You get all, uh, is it seven seasons, eight seasons? All, yeah. Um, of them on Hulu. For my third and final pick, I had to save this one to last because I have a lot of feelings about it. And I really didn't know that I had these feelings this deep <laughs> until I started thinking about it in the context of what we were going to talk about here today. But it's Agent Court. And that is from another Arrowverse show. I love my Arrowverse. It's Supergirl. And it is Alex Danvers, who is agent. because She's a DEO agent. And then Lena Luther, who is the head of Elcorp. So there gives us Agent Corp. Now, here's the thing with these two. You could pretty much pair these two characters with any other woman. And it's going to work. It just is. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm a fan of Supercorp. I don't have a problem with it. Matter of fact, I've got Supercorp art hanging up in my house, you know. Um, Ashley was with me when I purchased some of those pieces. But, yeah. uh, you know, as I got to thinking more about the crack ships and all, and, you know, I'll be honest with you, like Alex, I thoroughly enjoyed when she was with Maggie Sawyer. I love me some Sanders. Um, I was a rooter for when uh, we had Rain on the show. I was wanting me some Agent Rain. So, as you can see, I kind of like the things that probably wouldn't happen. Um, and then, you know, with Lena, of course, we've got to have K- with Kara. I mean, it's always just going to be Supercorp. Um, but then, you know, you could literally pair them with any woman on the show and it's probably going to work. But for Agent Corp, the thing about this is, is like season two is when we meet Lena Luther, And Lena Luther is the little sister of Lex Luthor. So... She already comes in and she's got this stigma placed on her because of the, such a villain that her brother was. But Lena was always kind of pushed to the side, was always in Lex's, you know, shadow. Um, and everybody kind of always expects her to be a villain. And she's not. Lena Luther is a good person. 100%. Like, you know, she she is ruthless. Don't get me wrong. Lena is ruthless. Like, she's going to do what she's going to do because that's just who she is. and. We, you know, we meet her because her and Kara, which is actually Supergirl, her and Kara is also um, Alex's little sister, um, adopted sister, but her and Kara become friends. And, you know, everybody expects at first when we've kind of first seen Lena, 
everybody's kind of expecting her to be a villain and i'm talking about everybody in the show they're like oh she's a luther she's got to be bad car is actually the one that sticks up for her, you know and by car sticking up for her, we get alex that kind of comes in and because alex is always going to be there for Kara. but how lena lived in lexa's shadow here come alex who even though she's the older sister she's always been second to Kara because her sister is supergirl you know alex went through she was a rebellious individual in her adult life we'll just say before she got recruited by the deo and she's never been able to take time for herself where she's always just been her main goal in life is to protect her sister and you know she always just whatever is expected of her she does so alex never really had time for herself and we you know we first of all we meet alex in season one we just assume she's another strict character well in season two here comes maggie and this is how we find out alex is actually a lesbian she's queer thank god for this so we get these two women who have two very different backgrounds i mean alex did have a supportive family life growing up even though she was second fiddle to Kara. where lena didn't but she's still having to live in that sibling shadow and these two women are smart like i want to see them just do science all together all day because uh you know they they're smart they understand and they've always put themselves at the bottom of the list when it comes to helping the people they love and it just always works that way a thing the thing that probably kicked it off for me is season three we had the big bad was rain and rain was actually and once they finally figure out that rain is sam which is actually lena's best friend from college and then um alex became very close with sam because of sam's daughter ruby because the whole thing alex wants kids you know so they really formed this friendship this bond so once they figure out you know there's something going on with sam well she's raying alex is talking about how fond she grew of sam's child and you know lena's you know trying to comfort her and you just see like this compassion and lena has this line to her and she tells her she said she looks at Alex. She said, people like me and you, we do what it takes to get what we want. And it's not a malicious comment at all. It's just that they've always had to fight for everything. But when they're together, like they are the softest, sweetest things. Like I'm not alienating Supercourt by any chance, but in the context of this, it is Alex and Lena. Anytime they're together, they're always there supporting each other. And, you know, yes, they're usually working on something to save Supergirl Car's ass. You know, so they do have that in common. And to be honest with you, I would like to see what happens when Kara's best friend and her sister date. Well, I mean, that's a whole other series of stories that could happen. And I am not the only one. That's fan fiction. Girl, it is. It is. I'm not the only one in this. Like, there are a lot of us that are on this Agent Corp train, okay? I mean, there are some great videos out on YouTube. Um fan fiction is all over the place but i don't know <laughs> yeah, i mean but that's the thing like katie mcgrath like you can literally put her with a paper bag and she's yeah. gonna have chemistry so it's like i mean it naturally you would want to see you know of course you know super corp again not knocking super corp like definitely a lot of a lot of stuff there um but uh you know agent corp too like i don't even watch supergirl I don't, I, I just, I couldn't get into it, but, you know, I've seen a lot of clips and different things. So, um, I, I get it. I've seen, you know, kind of what everybody's talking about and, you know, I've stumbled on some of the fan fiction and stuff. I mean, but Hey, I agree, you know, super corp, or excuse me, agent corp. I, I could dig it. I mean, you know, <laughs> Alex Danvers, I think Alex Danvers is cool. So, and, uh, so is Lena Luther. I mean, I, I watched the first two seasons of, of Supergirl and I liked Lena's character. So, and I liked Alex's character, so I can I can get behind it. Um, my number three is um, I. This one is probably one of my all-time favorite non-canon crack ships. Um, I I love them. I think there was so there was so much potential. I think out of everybody on my list, anyway, this one mm -hmm. probably had the best potential for something to happen and they just decided not to go with it. I would say it's probably the second highest queer baiting ship behind Rosalia <laughs> Isles. 
Um, oh, it, it's a close second, though. I mean, it, they're neck and neck. Um, but my number three pick is Swan Queen. That's Regina Mills and Emma Swan from Once Upon a Time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if, I'm pretty sure you know what Once Upon a Time is, but Once Upon a Time basically is a twist on, um, you know, your standard fairy tale, Snow White, Seven Dwarfs, that kind of stuff. Um, Regina Mills is the evil queen. She basically casts a curse in the Enchanted Forest um, that brings all of the storybook characters that we know to our world. So world without magic. Um, And Emma is the daughter of um, Snow White and Prince Charming. And as the curse was being cast, Emma was born and they send Emma first because she's quote unquote the savior. She's going to be the one to break Regina's curse. Mm -hmm. So all the characters come to the real world and Emma's been here since she was a baby. So she's lived in the world. She doesn't know who she is. Um, and Emma goes through her own ish and uh, ends up getting pregnant. She has a son. That son is adopted by the evil queen, Regina. Um, and so long story short, uh, Henry, her son, goes and finds his biological mother, brings her to Storybrook, which is the town where all these story characters live. Um, and the the very first episode of the show mind you you see when emma brings henry home henry runs away to go find her brings her home and regina's introduced now regina's played by lana perea and uh oh my gosh like it's probably one of the we most have a lot of feelings i've ever seen in my life but anyway um so they their first interaction is you can see you can see they have some really great on-screen chemistry um and emma eventually ends up staying in this town because she wants to get to know her son and regina is just against it like she's like you know it was a closed adoption like i don't know you get out of here blah 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 um and emma is very strong-willed like they both are very strong-willed characters and um, mm-hmm. And was like, oh, screw you, I'm going to do what I want. And so basically the whole season is them battling back and forth. And they have so many shipping moments in that first season. Like there's one episode, y'all, where Henry falls down a well or a mine shaft or something like that. Falls down a, mm-hmm. a mine shaft. And Emma is the only one that has any type of skill or knowledge to be able to go down there to get him. And Regina and Emma are standing. And they're like, their faces are like two inches apart. Now, I don't understand why people do that unless you're going to kiss or if there's some form of like, you know, potential, you know, kissing moment. Um, And then, you know, she goes down to save him and everything. And there's another moment where there's like mega flirting. Like Emma, (laughs) Regina goes to her hotel room to drop off some apples and, and a threat. And... Emma, like, opens the door, her front door, with uh, a wife beater and underwear. Like, first of all, you're yep. in a hotel. You're in a town you don't know. So who the hell would be knocking at your door? Put and why the hell would Put some pants on, right? So you have that. Then you have the moment where they literally, their battle back and forth is totally just foreplay. Like, it's, it's crazy. And there's, a, there's another moment where Emma cuts down uh, a limb from Regina's apple tree. And they're like, again, they have this moment where they're face to face and their faces are like two inches apart. And then they go off and do their thing. And like what sucked and it sucked. And at the same time, I have to give credit where credit is due. Like their interactions kept me coming back every week. Like the story itself, the first season, the first three seasons of Once Upon a Time are actually really good. But what really kept bringing me back was their interaction, their relationship. And as the the show progresses their relationship changes a lot it goes from you know hating each other to co-parenting a son yeah and he calls them moms. they call our son they <laughs> our do son, say our yeah. son <laughs> they see our son all the time like then you see that change in their relationship um and then there's in season three uh henry gets kidnapped and they both have to go to neverland to go save him and you receive more of a change in their dynamic and in their relationship and then you go into season four now the end of season three the very last episode of season three is probably my favorite and the end of it because you have regina basically they have to recast a curse and that's going to take all the fairy tale characters back to fairy tale mm-hmm. land and regina 
realizes that she has to be on the cast because her happy ending is her son. And they're standing at the, the town line. Basically, there's this line where that separates them from the real world. And if you cross the line, there's only two people that can cross it. Emma, who, because she was tech, she wasn't born there, but she grew up in that world. So she's fine. She and grew then up outside of it. She grew outside of, of Storybrooke. So she, you know, grew up in the real world. So she could pass over the line um, without any consequences. And then Henry was born in the real world. So he, you know, he's a part of our world. So he can't leave anyway. So Regina is like, hey, you know, I'm going to send uh, Henry. You need to go with him. Um, and she's like, well, like, you know, what about my family? Blah, blah, blah. She's like, no. And so then Regina is like, you know what? I'm going to give you good memories. Like, go on YouTube and watch the scene because it's really, really good. She's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you good memories. You're never going to remember a life without Henry being in it. And first of all, huge character development for Regina. Like, yeah. if you saw Regina from season remember, one up until now. <laughs> exactly. From season one up until now huge huge character development like mind you a lot of the stuff that went down with her was totally justified as to how she was but um this huge character development and she you know she like holds on to emma's hands like this is what this is my gift to you this is what i'm going to give to you um because Mm -hmm. that was something that emma struggled with a lot and you you saw and heard a lot of things about how she struggled with you know giving henry away and wishing that she hadn't had done it and this was Regina's way of repaying her for saving her and doing everything that they did. And so it's such a great, like, pivotal scene for their relationship. And then it goes into season four and um, Emma comes back to the town after being gone. The, the, the fairy tale characters come back um, and they don't know how they got there, whatever, but they know they need to get Emma and Henry back because now they're back. Um, so Emma eventually comes back. And they have, again, their relationship changed so much. And, like, they are such good friends. And they just have all these, like, moments of where they totally could have taken that turn and changed their relationship. And it totally would have been justified. Like, queer baiting aside, it literally took, all it would take was one little turn. And that would have been, it would have been totally justified in changing their relationship. And you especially see it in season four. Because Emma, I mean, Emma sacrifices herself for her. They always sacrificing themselves for each other. Like, they is Henry do. a catalyst? Is Henry a catalyst? Sure. But, like, Henry has his whole family there. So that he has a whole f- support system. So if one of, you know, if something happened to one of them, it's not like, not saying it's not the end of the world, but it's not the end of the world, you know? So they're always sacrificing themselves for each other. Um, there's one episode where... uh uh Emma has to go find her old childhood friend Lily. Do you remember that episode? She has to go find her old oh, friend Lily. Lily. And Regina yep. goes with her. And Regina is the only person to keep Emma grounded. Emma is the product of of true love's magic. So she's very powerful. And Regina, you know, she's a practitioner of dark magic. So she's very she's the evil queen. So she's super powerful too. And she's really the only one to keep Emma grounded. That this episode, you know, Emma has to go through a lot to try to get this woman to go back to the uh, back to Storybrooke, and she starts to lose herself a little bit to the darkness. And Regina's like, "Well, you don't want to go down that path." And like, nope. honestly, if it would have been anybody else, I don't think I don't think she I don't think that she would have been able to come back from crossing that line, except for Regina. Like, she listened to Regina. And then you have like the frozen. I mean, there's just so many. Like, y'all, you could spend a good Saturday. Or hell, a good three hours, really, of watching Swan Queen videos on um, YouTube and watch their whole relationship and see exactly what I'm talking about. Because there's just, there's so much. And they did. Like, they queer baited so hard. Because every single time they had these, like, pivotal episodes, you were like, they, they got, they got to hook up. Like, they, they've set it up for so well, many years. The, they the dialogue to, that they would to. put between the two. Sound like if it would have been a dude and a chick, they would have been together like that, like not a problem at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they just like I said, it literally would have been one moment to make a turn. Such queer baiting, like it was so bad. And honestly, again, clue super close second to Rizzolian Isles, like hardcore. Girl. I'm saying it's like and it's honestly, like point five off Rizzolian Isles. 
I, I could have picked Rizzoli and Isles in this because, girl, but um, we know that that will be an episode in and of its own for us. Oh, yeah. for, sure. <laughs> for, for sure. Um, I mean, honestly, Swan Queen, I, it could have been, had you watched, you know, the whole season four, you probably, probably could have done an episode, but I mean, this is a perfect part so people can kind of get a taste of it. I mean, it's a great, go into it knowing what you know. And watching the YouTube videos, don't don't spend five years like I did <laughs> watching it. Yeah, don't waste your time. Just watch what interests you. Just just watch what interests you. Go on. They have the you know the videos that are like three hours long that have every Swan Queen scene ever. That kind of stuff. Um, and see what we're talking about. That like I said, it literally just would have took one little thing to turn it, and it would have been perfect. Such a perfect setup of how the relationship transitioned from enemies to friends and friends to, you know, lovers or whatever, it would have been totally perfectly fine, but they didn't want to do that. They didn't, they got us, you know, clap, clap to you. You got us. Okay. Um, but it's a great ship. I mean, I, I, the fan fiction, y'all says some of the best fan fiction. It's, it's good stuff. Really, really good stuff. So, um, yeah, it didn't work out that way I wanted it to, but, it's, it still lives on in fan fiction, and uh, I get everything I want from that. So it's all right. Swan Queen is a go. Okay, well, so we've completed our lists. Um, you know, that's just a handful of ones that we really enjoy. I mean, good thing about TV shows and fandom is you can literally create whatever you want. Sometimes it doesn't even make any sense whatsoever, but I think ours had a lot of receipts. So um, except for, except for uh, Sharp Assassin, that one is just – that's – fantasy crack ship right there but uh, we just can't help it yeah it's it's just it's so good like that's probably the more the most outlandish one out of all of them i will actually i take that back wonder woman and captain marvel the most outlandish but they're fun you know that's that's the whole purpose of of ships and everything is it's fun you know yeah yeah be a fan like what you like put together what you like if you can't get it in the canon create it i mean that's the whole thing about it do what you want to do. You do you, as we always like to say on here. So, um, but that's going to do it for us today. Um, you know, we appreciate everybody listening to our, our interesting, uh, topic of the day, crack ships. We have the ability to do comments on our anchor page. Um, and I think they're actually voice messages. So that'd be kind of cool to hear from people. Yeah. Um, but let us know what your favorite crack ship is, even on, on, uh, Instagram or on Twitter. You know, let us know. Let us know what you, what you like, what, um, what's your favorite crack ship? If any of the ones that we mentioned are some of the ones that you like to listen to, uh, or not listen to, excuse me, um, like to watch or to um, read about in fan fiction, um, you know, let us know. We we want to hear from you guys. Um, we are on our anchor page, of course, anchor.fm backslash I can ship it pod. We're on Instagram at uh, I can ship it pod and on Twitter, I can ship it pod. Um, we want to hear from you guys. Um, we have more stuff coming. Um, again, this is the I can ship it pod. I'm Ashley. And I'm going to talk to you later. Bye. <laughs>